0: what's up everyone this is resilience in action with aaron brown the number one podcast for anyone looking to have a greater human experience this meeting is being recorded what's going on everyone this is another episode of resilience in action with aaron brown today our special guest is deshawn williams deshawn thank you so much for spending some time with us today
1: Thank you for having me on today. Um, you know, it's it's amazing, uh, especially um, being you know being alive and well and
0: saying, "Hey, I'm almost 25." I know that's right. <laughs> I remember the day. Love it, love it, <laughs> love it. So, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: So, um, I am a mental health advocate, uh, trainer, and um survivor so i actually tried to take my own life back in 2018 Mm -hmm. um i'm a motivational speaker as well a podcast host a multi-published author and um and a former independent uh wrestler so he
0: was the wrestle
1: yes so uh I, I was on the indie scene, um, still on the indie scene actually as a manager. I'm out due to injury for the moment, but um, yeah, I did hold a championship for my time of being in the ring. So that is, I was a bad
0: guy. That is awesome. I think you're the <laughs> first wrestler I've had, so that is amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna just start with wrestling really quick, and then we'll get into the to the heavy stuff. But I want to start on the lighter note the lighter side of things and um how'd you get into wrestling
1: so (laughs) believe it or not this story actually uh kind of falls it kind of leads into it uh into everything but september 2018 i had messaged a friend of mine was like hey where did you go to get trained Mm -hmm. and he told me he was like well the place that i got trained is no longer open so the closest uh area for you to go is charleston south carolina so i stay in greenwood south carolina so we're talking about a four-hour drive wow i ain't ain't with it i'm not with it uh charlotte is far enough for me to go so (laughs) (laughs) and so um i never pursued it at that moment but i actually got into wrestling into the wrestling industry altogether. um Back in 2021, I want to say around January
0: 2021,
1: mm-hmm. Ashley Turk took what is called the bump. I took my first wrestling bump in the Mat, uh, in the backyard. And uh my first words were, Yeah, wrestling for me, I'm gonna just be a referee or a manager.
0: <laughs>
1: um, I I referee for a little while, but here in South Carolina we have an athletic commission. So If you're going to be in the business, you are supposed to be licensed Mm -hmm. if you're going to be anywhere near the action, unless you stay six feet away. So I could not referee any live shows. I could not um, get hit or anything during the live show. So I didn't I did not go to any of the live shows in 2021. Uh, When 2022 came, uh, I was out for the first two months due to injury because i was going through physical therapy at the time and uh so you know it's just like injury followed me and so um i was and when i came back i came back as the uh character king money who was an arrogant person who uh who managed uh another guy who went who goes by one man army from there i was like you know what I don't want to manage anymore. I just want to become, I want to get in this ring. I want to, I want to put in the work, I want to wrestle. And um I started out as a babyface. And one thing that people don't realize is the babyface job is to get that behind whooped. You very rarely get a win as a top baby face. If you're a top babyface, yes, you'll get a win, but as a new baby face, no. Your job is to get the crowd behind you. So the crowd saw me go from baby face to heel. Get out of a contract and turn back, baby, just to turn back heel. And uh, I've been a bad guy since, I wanna say June of 2022. And mm-hmm. so I was like, when do y'all turn me back, baby? It was like, you're doing too good as a bad guy. We're not turning you back good yet. So,
0: so you are. How does your character in the ring show up as you? Is there any part of you in there, or is it just. Like when it's showtime, when it's showtime.
1: Show so no, that's a good question because I've never been asked that question before. And what it is, is I always tell people I don't do any kind of business on Friday uh, because every other Saturday I have a show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So on the Fridays that I have, a on the Fridays before the show, I don't do any kind of business whatsoever because I take that 24 hours before the show to get prepped, to get into the mindset of my wrestling character. What most people don't realize is my character now, um, who is called uh, KMD, which stands for Khalil Marcellus De La Rosa from uh, Dominican Republic, who is a prince. Granted, the Dominican Republic don't have a prince, but, you know, in the wrestling world- It's they're. wrestling, yeah, of right. so, um, it's actually It's actually who I used to be. So I actually took all the pain, all the hate, and, I, and all the um, and all the hurt that I used to carry around with me and I used that to build this character up and when I first started it was I had no faith in it and it it was it was actually showing to fans because they was like okay he's a bad guy but he's not acting like he's bad and then um our December 17th show which was our last show for 2022 I remember being told by one of the guys to help book he was like you're gonna go out there, you're gonna cut a promo on me, you're gonna get a um, uh, we're gonna have about a minute to two-minute match for the championship, his championship. It was, I was gonna lose, okay. He was like, but you got to get the crowd behind you as a bad guy in this promo. If you cannot, we're turning you baby. So at this point, I'm like, y'all not turning me back, baby. So I go out there and he looks at me and he whispers, you're a motivational speaker. Use that to your advantage. And as I get the mic, the crowd starts yelling, you suck, you suck, and we hate you. And from there, I just went full blown. And um, ever since then, it has been me calling um, the parents peasants, the kids. uh, I've called the kids names that uh, I think the worst thing I ever called the kid was a crotch goblin. And, wow <laughs> and i looked. that was like am i gonna get in trouble for this and they're like no we've said worse." and i was like
0: cool okay i so. gotcha gotcha so so that's hilarious so you so the person the character that you show up as in the ring is um i know you said uh you brought the pain and the hurt that you had um from before let's talk about that where did that where did that start where did that come from
1: so that actually is gonna sound like the Bible, but it actually started at the beginning beginning of my life um and i don't say that to be uh joking i actually say that um in a very meaningful way because I've stayed with my grandparents um, since pretty much being three years old. But the way that it was is I was born and my mom already, my birth mom already had a son and we're only about a year and a half apart. Mm -hmm. Well, instead of her taking care of us, she would actually leave us in the house by ourselves for weeks sometimes, months sometimes. And so it actually um, it actually left us trying to take care of ourselves, and left me malnutrition. And so my brother actually went to go when when the Department of Social Services came and took us from our mom. Um, she was not home either, and I answered the door, and I had nothing on but a diaper. And that's mostly what I would be found in most of the time when a relative came to the house anyway, was mm-hmm. a diaper, with the bottle propped in the mouth. Um, but also I don't tell people this, but if it was not for my grandparents and DSS said stepping in, I would not be alive today because she actually threatened to um, throw me in the trash bag and kill me. So, you know, that pain that came from that but also as I got older, Um, my mom came and stayed with my grandparents until she could get back on her feet Mm -hmm. and she was getting ready to get a job. Well, she had got a job by this point and she was getting an apartment. My grandma looks at her and says, Hey, you're back on your feet. Uh, would you like to have your son? Like, would you like to take him back in? And right in front of me, she says, he's your responsibility now. He's not mine and I think I was in second grade at this point so I was still uh I still had the last name of Andrews at the time um and so which was um it was the name of the father who was actually not my father and it was my brother's father so we're half brothers technically but growing up knowing that my mom didn't want me or my brother, and knowing that my brother knew who his father was, and I had to grow up and still to this day not know who my father is. After doing so many DNA tests, still not knowing who the father was, it was a pain and a hurt that ultimately, um, that I held on within. And because we were so used to taking care of ourselves, I didn't like authority. I did not like someone telling me what I could and could not do, when Mm -hmm. I could eat, when I couldn't eat, when was nap time. No, I did whatever I wanted to, when I wanted to, how I wanted to. That was something that I had, that was a mindset that I had built up. Uh, That was a mindset that I had all the way up until, I wanna say about high school. But during those school years, I um, I lost my grandfather in seventh grade. Uh, my grandmother found him um, on the chair while was, uh, sl- while he was asleep. Uh, the next year, the first day of summer, going into my ninth grade year, uh, my grandma's mom passes away. The following year, my grandma's brother is found d- dead in his apartment. So we had death after death after death in the family. And it was just rough. And I still didn't know how to cope with um, with everything that I had been through. Um, I had already tried to take my life several times prior to that. Um, most people's like when most people are amazed when I tell them my first attempt came in third grade, and that my last attempt came in 2018. But those were all pains that I had, and it all kind of accumulated. In September 2018. Mm. So in September 2018, I, um, I had just started a security job, and I was working. we were understaffed, so
0: got a little stress.: Yeah, yes. even more stress. okay?
1: And so you're working two, you got 272 hours that you have to cover. You got five people, and that's including the supervisor. The supervisor works no overtime. So you have four people that have to cover this other 232 hours. And the supervisor will not work overtime to save his life, no matter if someone's tired or not. I'm engaged at the time. I'm trying to have a social life. And I'm in college. And I'm the one picking up the most hours. So I'm working 68 to 70 hours a week my engagement fails i drop out of college my social life becomes no more so i'm like why am i working because it's i'm working eight hours then the next day 12 hours then the next day 16 hours then back to eight and it was just a routine and i i would go to sleep on the job and people would be people would be so messy they would take a picture of me and send it to our operations manager and I would get called into the office. So I'm like, I'm the only one pulling these shifts. I'm yeah. the only one that's working 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., get back up work 6 to 6. Like, there's nobody else that's willing to do this.
0: Yeah.
1: And he didn't write me up. He was like, if you need to go to sleep, go in the bathroom, lock the door. And when you wake back up, just come out. He was like, yeah. if they ask you what you were doing, tell them you were minding your business. <laughs> you were telling <laughs> your business. Okay. And so, um, but... It ultimately came to a bit combustion where I was like, okay, I can't keep working these hours because I'm not getting any sleep. I'm getting depressed. And um, I actually went and tried to commit, I actually tried to take my own life back in September 2018. Um, everyone has, I hate the question of how did you attempt? How did you attempt? Because that's, that's not something that I like to I'm very open about the attempt on my life, but I don't like people to know the way that I try.
0: Hey, hey, hey. Did you know I wrote a book? It's called The Value Method, Five Steps to Unlocking Your Greatest Potential. And in it, I share just that. Five wildly easy, actionable steps that will set you up to have a greater human experience daily. I've included interactive worksheets and small assignments at the end of each chapter you're literally creating a living blueprint of your best life. Be sure to check out the show notes for the link to purchase your copy and a copy for a friend. Can I ask and, you a question? Yes. What is it about that um, that you don't like, Sharon? I'm not going to ask you. Um, I don't think that I would never ask anyone. If someone asked me, I would, you know. I would divulge my information because I've had my own, you know, battle with uh, suicidal ideation, suicidal thoughts, and suicidal attempts. Um, But what do you think it is about it that you don't like to go that far into into it?
1: I think what it is for me, um, and this is pretty much going to give it away, when I tell them they think I have, they think it's poor gun maintenance. They think that I don't take care of the gun, keep it clean. And that is the exact opposite. I worked security. (laughs) I was a former law enforcement. I had to practice gun maintenance. And uh, the night that that I tried to take my own life, you know, it's a loaded gun pulling in the chamber, and I pull the trigger, and it does not fire. And I'm like, Why? And all I can remember is putting the gun down on the floor and just laying down in bed crying.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, why did this not work? This was supposed to work. Why did it not work? And it was a Saturday when that happened. So I had just got off work and tried it. But also on top of this, I went to church the very next day, like nothing ever happened. Wow. And I just remember someone asking me, hey, you look like complete crap. What's wrong? And me, you know, I'm I'm this person. Hey, I'm 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 open. Like, you know, I'm like, I am like, I was like, I tried to take my own life last night. So, um, and it's like, why? And I, and I told them, and I didn't think anything else about it because I thought that was a normal conversation. Like, we all suffer from something yeah. on mental health, right? And so. I didn't hear nothing else about it until that Wednesday night when the when a church leader called me and was like, Hey, you coming to church tonight? I was like, Yes. Like, why? He's like, We need to talk. What do we need to talk about? I kind of already know, but I'm gonna play dumb. What do we need to talk about? Sure. And he was like, You'll find out when when you get here. So we go through the entire run through that night of the church service before the service, and right after our huddle and our prayer, he walks over to me, he talks to me, and he was like, hey, I heard about what you tried to do. Here go me playing dumb. What you talking about? What you talking about? (laughs) And he was like, you have you have one option. I was like, what? He's like, you can go to the hospital. He was like, but there's two options to this. I was like, okay, so I can go home. He was like, no, you can go to the hospital under your own power or we can force you to go. Okay. nobody's forced me to go anywhere so i'll go under my own power
0: Mm -hmm. did you feel like you needed to go at that time
1: i did feel like i needed to go i just didn't want to go
0: yeah
1: um i felt like i had been around for 20 years battling with depression and i made it that far so what was a hospital visit gonna do for me is literally what went through my mind and Mm -hmm. another thing that went to my mind is I'm in the hospital. I'm not able to make money. So how am I going to pay these bills?
0: Gotcha. So. Yeah. Yeah. So while you were in the hospital, is there any um, anything that they were able to go over with you? Anything they were able to teach you that helps you or helped you at that time?
1: So um, surprisingly, they did not really teach me too much of anything. Uh, we had a few um, and a few group sessions, um, but really, what actually taught me is I made I became friends with someone else who was in there, and she's a mother, and she actually served in the uh, the military. And she told me she asked me she's like, "Why are you in here?" Because I can strike up a conversation. Yeah. And she's like, "Why are you in here? You seem friendly. You seem like nothing's wrong." And I was like. Whew, I was like, if only you knew. And she's like, it's the same way for, with me. And she told me, she's like, you are you seem like you're smart. You seem like you're bright. You can do anything that you put your mind to. And um, right, right around then is when we had another group session. And they're going over the three levels of depression. You have your mild, your moderate, and your major. And so everyone's like, what is mild? Mild is like your minor. Moderate is exactly what it is, it's moderate. And your major is, it's extreme. And it's what my hospital called code red. And, um, and what's so interesting is most people, when they are diagnosed with depression has mild to moderate depression. Mm-hmm. Every So they were going through, and like we are sitting in front of each other and the person that's leading the group session it's going over, telling everyone's like, this is where you sit, this is where you sit, this is where you sit. And then there's me, it's like, you have major depression. I'm the only one in the group session that has major depression. It's mm. like, oh, this is nice. Uh, upon, after that, you know, the therapist comes and she's like, Mr. Williams, can I speak to you? And I said, yes. And we walked back to my room and uh, she's like, hey, uh, because you got major depression, you're not going to be able to do a, a lot of things that people that have mild and moderate or no depression at all can do. And I'm just kind of sitting there like, okay. Yeah. And she's like, oh. right. It's like, well, why would you tell me this? Yeah. And she's like, oh, we also, I also want to tell you, your health insurance declined, So uh, you got a $19,000 medical bill. It's like, thank you. Thank you for telling me that when you know why I'm in here.
0: Okay. That's a <laughs> huge failure on their part. Um, My question is did you ever go back to your church and ask them for support, financial support in this situation?
1: So I have not been back, I have not been to my church since um uh, since this past June. Mm-hmm. Um and it was kind of because I came out as bisexual. And when I did, they told me, oh, it's a phase. And that was the number one thing that hurt my nerves because Gotcha. And so when it comes to asking them for help now, it's like, no, no. but it, it's certain people in the church that I still talk to. I'll check up on them and i tell them, hey, can you pray for me? Because I'm doing this in my business. I'm sh- shifting this to this. And so they would do that. But when I tried to get financial help from the church before then, it was it was always, you brought this upon yourself. And I was like, I didn't ask to go to the hospital.
0: Yeah, like I get it. I, <laughs> I get the notion of, all right, there's obviously something going on, um, right. but they didn't even take the time to talk to you first, like to, hey, let's sit down, let's discuss why you're feeling this way and how we can support you from this moment going forward. It was just ship you right off to basically a psych ward and then wash their hands, which kind of, ugh. It rubs me the wrong way um, because that's not very churchly. That's not a very churchly thing to do. In, right. my, and so my, in car, my opinion.
1: I understand. and See, my car was left at the church that night. And so I, when I was in the hospital, you know, my they put my keys in the ignition. And I was like, okay. Because I didn't find this out until after I got out of the hospital. And I'm calling people to try to come pick me up. Um, people from the church like, hey, can y'all come get me? And it was like, no, I'm, I have to go to a meeting. There's no one else that can come get you. So I'm calling my aunt, who was literally about 40 minutes away from the hospital, to come pick me up and take me to my car. And all I remember is getting a, hey, I'm sorry that we couldn't come pick you up. We were just busy. I was like, I was stuck in the hospital. And I was like, if I didn't get out there that day, I was going to have to stay until I could get a ride.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, I don't even have any words. I'm sorry that you had to uh, experience that. I know that that experience um, developed you as uh, a better person, Um, but I'm sorry that 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 is an experience that you even had to have in the first place. Um, Go ahead.
1: Um i i always tell people like i hate that i went through it in that way but i'm glad that i went through it because one if it wasn't for the therapist telling me that i wouldn't be able to do anything um i probably wouldn't it probably would have never sparked that fire within me that it did yeah two if it was not for that that trip to the hospital I would not be I would not be a mental health advocate that's going out and speaking on this now and certifying others. So I'm grateful for that. And you know, three, um, if it wasn't for me actually going to the hospital, who knows if I would still be alive today?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm glad that you know you whatever help you were able to get, however that looked to you. At the time and even today, um, I'm glad you were able to get that because that, like you said, it gave you the fire, it gave you the drive, and now you're out here doing major things um, in the uh, the mental health advocacy space. Um, yes. And I think that's so so important, um, especially in today's age. Like always, but I always I I always say like especially now because we need it. Uh, you know, so much because we know what it's like to not have it. Um, We know what it's like to not have it. We see what our parents and our guardians have uh, gone through and experienced. And now we're in a position where we have the opportunity to take mental health as serious as it is. Um, Suicide and suicide attempts is something that is a lot of people experience it, but a lot of people don't like to talk about it. Um, right. And that's and that's one thing I'm trying to do with this podcast when it comes to conversations like this um, to make it not as taboo because we could be in a spot where, you know, it's, it's so crazy. I just saw a post um, that I wrote about three years ago and it said, it. I basically said, I went from not wanting to be on this earth to inspiring other people with reasons why they belong. And and I feel like that hits, hits home for you. Um, So go ahead and and let's talk about what you do now in your business and, and how you pour into people and develop and train and coach.
1: Yeah. So now um, I am, so One, um, I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's called AFSP, the American Foundation of Suicide Prevention. Um, I'm a South Carolina field advocate for them. So all the bills that have gotten that has gotten passed um, on suicide prevention, the 988 hotline number, I help advocate on those things. Um, I always get an email of, hey, this is the bill that we want to get passed. This is the funding that we want to get passed. And, you know, we had to make the argument about why the 988 number was going to be such a great help. Because when you're in the middle of a crisis, you don't want to be, you're not going to go online try to remember, try to find out what this number is. You're not going to memorize this number. So you get a three-digit number, 988. You can call it. You can text it. It's easy access right then and there.
0: Hey, hey, hey. If you're enjoying this content, do not forget to rate and review. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, be sure to rate and review. It helps us reach more people in more ways. Now, let's get back to some resilience. Mm
1: -hmm. Um, 24-hour support. So this isn't a number that you just have to call. This is a number that you can call and text. And there's always someone there. But also, you have people that work there. But you also have volunteers that have signed up to put in this work to um, help you through the crisis that you have. Mm -hmm. So that's part of what I do. Um, Also, as a mental health, uh, independent mental health advocate, what I do is I actually have a, I have several PowerPoints that I teach on. Um, One is uh, depression, and it just talks about depression straight out, and uh, talks about the three different levels of depression, mild, moderate, and major, along with just seasonal uh, depression. So all the so the people that want to get the individuals that want to get trained on depression I uh take them through that course that course is norm I normally do it within one day um and at right now it's set a still because it's only 25 dollars before it goes up to 75 so
0: because
1: gotcha. uh, I mean it I mean it's it's a 69 69 page slider so yeah you know we're we're looking at several hours so of uh, twenty five dollars, talking about a
0: steal. Yeah.
1: Um, and plus, I'm certifying you through my through my business as well, so uh, so that you can go out there and teach on this. But I also have a course that I can go in and um, that I can train c- CEOs and corporate jobs on mental health for professionals in the um, in a work environment. So, how mental health affects someone's work ethic and their attitude in the workplace. So I can go out there and teach on that and talk on that. Then I have one that I'm still trying to figure out what to do with it because it talks about resilience. I was like, okay, like where can I put resilience? at? (laughs) I can teach because I'm also a transformation coach. But um, it's like so the resilience one is just kind of out there in the limbo. But what I always tell people is, uh, you know, it this not a this is not about me. This is bigger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's a movement because I have I have a hashtag that I use called hashtag testify to shine. And this is the movement because every time I talk about mental health, I want people to realize I am testifying to the fact that we need to break the stigma that society has created about we only need to talk about mental health in the month of May, we need to only talk about suicide prevention in the month of September suicide suicidal thoughts and mental illness, such as depression, anxiety, and things of that nature does not only hit during those months. It hits every single day of every single minute. Mm -hmm. And the fact that 264 million people struggle with mild and moderate depression, this this is not a conversation that we want. This is a conversation that we need each and every day. This is a conversation that we need to make sure that even if it is uncomfortable, we need to make sure that we become comfortable
0: in discussing it. Absolutely, um, the best the best teacher is that experience, and those and getting like you said, getting comfortable with those uncomfortable conversations uh, is so important, especially especially when it comes to community and supporting each other. Um, big, big, big um, champion for change. And growth. And sometimes those growing pains hurt. That's why they call growing pains. That's that's why they call growing pains. Um, So making sure that you are surrounded by people that can help you navigate in the most effective way um, to really, really step into who you are and who you're supposed to be you know, who you're stepping into, you know, we all have a, a inner greatness that we really, really, really need to tap into. And um, one of the five ways in my book, The Value Method, one of the five ways is auditing your circle. Uh, and I always remind everyone is, you know, not even, your, when you think about your audit, auditing your orbit, right? When you think about what's in the middle of that orbit, you're in the middle of that orbit. So making sure you're taking care of yourself. Uh, do you have any uh, self-care routines or anything that you do uh, that helps you uh, stay the course?
1: Um, so this is an interesting question as well because I don't get asked this a lot. Um, I probably have one of the most sporadic um, uh, self, self-care self routines because mm-hmm. it could go anywhere between me writing poetry and just writing how i feel out on a piece of paper and saying oh this is going to become a book and then after i get done, it's like no nah, i don't I want people to see this i don't, I don't want to
0: see <laughs> it's this. for my like,
1: eyes this open. is this is for me yeah um, or um sometimes i'll go out i'll go outside and um and I and I will actually um, become one with. I will actually become one with nature, and just take in everything within me. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just something that I that I love to do. Even though I have real bad allergies, out if I stay outside for more than three hours, I am sick the next day. Oh my day. goodness! So, <laughs> but I will literally go outside and become one with nature. Um, other times I'm I'm in my room and I'm watching um, one of my comfort zone, one of my comfort shows, CSI Miami, only because I like Horatio Kane. I always tell people <laughs> call me Horatio because I don't need no cane. <laughs> so it's, it's my corny side, but just being able to tell those kind of jokes and being able to watch CSI Miami and just listening to him or even listening to music. Um, a lot of people say, like, what kind of music do you listen to? Do you listen to rap? I was like, no, cause rap is what I listen to. when I'm trying to get hyped up. When I'm trying to get calm. I'm listening to, uh, Christian music. I'm listening to sound smell, things of that nature. And one of the Christian songs that I've actually, um, enjoy listening to is by, um, Hill song United. And, um, the song is named seasons. And it says, if all I know of harvest is that it's worth my patience. And if you're not done working, then God, I'm not done waiting. And that is, that was a line that I had to truly understand what the meaning was,
0: yeah. because
1: I understand, and that's a, that's a line in the song that has made me cry so many times when I've gotten overwhelmed, because it's like, why am I, why am I being so hard on myself? Why am I feeling like I'm not getting, why am I, feeling like I'm not doing what I'm supposed to. Why am I saying, oh, I'm a failure and I need to be where this person is at. But the the person that that I'm comparing myself to has been in business for 35 years and I've been in business for uh, going on four years.
0: Yeah, comparison is the killer of all dreams. So, right. you know, when you compare yourself, um, it just, it's is detrimental to the progress that you've made and what you can make. Um but I also want to wanna give you some flowers really quick because uh I love that you stayed in touch with your face, with your faith um outside of what organized religion has has shown you, shown you they are um in a sense um yeah. that is i just want to commend you for you know a staying staying steadfast and you know what you know to be true um as you navigate this world um as showing up as a black man showing up as a uh I, a bisexual black man showing up as a mental health adv- advocate advocate. Uh, you know, it's, there isn't one, one card that has been dealt to you that has been easy. You know, the, the hand that you've been dealt and the story that, that you've told, that's enough that it could have, it could have easily broken anyone. Um, so I just want to give you some give you the grace that you deserve to give yourself in this moment um, and acknowledge you for what you've done and who you are and in and, and the space that you take up in this world. Uh, a fantastic job and phenomenal. And, you know, I hope you continue to step in your power and show up as yourself authentically. Yes, ma'am. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Deshaun, how, Deshaun, how can we contact you? Um, how can we support you? Where can we find you on social media? All that good stuff.
1: So it's easy to find me on social media because all my tabs are the same and it's at, it's Deshaun W. And that's, so that's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, LinkedIn, TikTok. It's all at, it's Deshaun W. Um, and, you know, I think the best way to, um, to support me because, you know, I don't have merchandise right now. So of course, um, I, and I know every, I understand that support is not always monetary, but just being able, if you come across my post on social media, uh, giving it a like a follow, referring people, referring someone that you may know that would like to be that would be interested in knowing more about what I do or becoming an advocate and things of that nature, or even sharing the post.
0: Love it. Love it. Love it. Wonderful. Wonderful. So I'm not going to keep you too long, but I have one more question for you. Yes. Ready? Okay. Um, what does, uh, and I know you have, I know your, your, your answer is going to be, but What does resilience mean to you? So. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I feel, I feel it, Deshaun, I feel it.
1: (laughs) So resilience means to me, um, I mean, I could use the line from Rocky, but but it's been so overused, but, you know, it's exactly what it is. It's being able, it's being knocked down. 99 times and still continue to get up 100 more times continue no matter what stands in your way knowing that you can find a way to get past it get through it because it's not about it's not why is this happening to me it is it's not why is this happening to me but what is this teaching me what can I learn from this and what we learn from that is how we can actually help others in the next step of life
0: I love it. I love it. It's literally resilience in action. Literally. Love it. Deshaun, thank you so much for spending some time with us today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, be sure to rate and review. And remember, resilience in action will always lead to a greater human experience.